Sometimes you need to verify your customers, employees, and vendors without the risk and expense of handling sensitive personal data. You do that with Evident. From identity verifications to background checks and everything in between, businesses can run accurate and comprehensive verifications securely on a single platform, all while minimizing exposure to personal data. Learn more by visiting www.evidentid.com reset. How much does your privacy matter to you? I'm talking about your home address, your social security number, your IP address, your most recent online purchases. A lot of your data is available to companies whose sites you're visiting and maybe even buying from. So your data, your personally identifiable information, is probably worth a lot more than you think. Because it's a commodity. Yes, your data is a commodity. You are the product. But there's a new development on that end that might make you, if you live in the U.S., feel less like a product. The state of California has just passed the strictest data privacy law in the country. It went into effect on January 1st. And it's a big enough deal that even if you don't live in California, you're going to want to know about it. So we're going to get into it. I'm Ariel Zermros, and this is Reset. Sarah Morrison, you're a digital privacy reporter for Recode's Open Sourced Project, and you've been writing a lot about this new law in California. What should we know about it? Uh, the deal with the California Consumer Privacy Act is that it exists. OK, so so is this a big deal? So, yeah, it is a big deal, especially if you're a Californian who wants to know what's going on with your data and control sort of where it goes. Is that what the law does? Yes, the law gives Californians the right to know that information is being collected about them, know what is being collected about them, ask that it not be uh, sold to another entity, and ask that they delete it. And you don't even have to be based in California to be forced to comply. So take a look at this. Any business with at least $25 million in revenues or has the collects uh, data on at least 50,000 customer, or at least makes half of its money from uh, selling customer data. If you only have just one customer in California, you have to obey this law. So why should we be concerned that these companies know all of this information about us? I think most of it is people kind of feel like it's my information. I didn't necessarily agree for anybody to have it. I didn't realize that just going to your website meant that you could collect where I am right now and what my computer looks like. Also, I think we don't necessarily know how well these companies are protecting the data they have about us. We don't know who they're giving it to necessarily. So this law does give us some protections or California some protections in that regard. So this law, the CCPA, lists five rights that it's meant to protect. What are they? So uh, the first one, business has to tell you that it collects personal information about you, um, either before or as that information is collected, probably best seen in the pop-ups that um, I think a lot of people are seeing, maybe in the emails. They don't have to say what they know about you. They just have to say, this is the what we will collect, or this is the kind of information that we collect. And I think usually you find that in their privacy policies. Okay, so you still got to dig around for it a little bit. Yeah, I think what I've seen is a pop-up that says, we've updated a privacy policy, check it out here. But no, it does not list everything in there up front, no. All right, that's good to know. What's number two? Then you have the right to know if your personal information is being sold and broadly who it's being sold to. And then what's number three? That's sort of kind of the big one, which is you have the right to opt out of having that information sold. And they have to tell you what that opt-out option is. Do I then still get to use the website? 
Yes, so that's uh, another right, which is you have the right to not be discriminated against for exercising the rights we discussed previously. All right. Um, And what's the last one? Am I missing anything here? That would be the right to access your personal information so you can ask them to tell you what they've collected about you. Oh, and you also have the right to ask them to delete what they have. Okay, I can't help but notice that there seem to be a number of steps that I would need to go through in order to actually either access my private information or stop these companies from sharing it with third parties. Yeah, that's uh, they don't make it easy. There's like several pages to go through. It's not necessarily easy to find it. Um, and then it uh, requires you sometimes emailing, so taking that extra step. And then also you have to ask, I think, every single business individually. So, I mean, think about how many websites you go to in a given day. Do you think people will do that? (laughs) No. (laughs) No? (laughs) You'd hope so. But again, I think the average person just doesn't exactly know what this is or why it exists and and is going to go through every single site and, and do this. There's a lot of money that's made off of data on the Internet, right? Yes. Do you think a law like this is likely to change that? Are companies going to go out of business because of this? The biggest impact will be on data brokerages where collecting, buying and selling data literally is their business. So if, you know, say everybody, you know, takes advantage and says, don't sell my data, they're going to probably have a hard time. But I think the companies that this was more meant to target, which would be obviously Google and uh, Facebook, they don't really buy and sell data data the way we probably conventionally think of commodities being exchanged. So I don't think this actually will affect them very much at all. Wait, to be clear, did you just say that that this won't affect Google and Facebook, the companies that we think about when we think about personally identifiable data? Right, because the law, you might have noticed, there's no right to not having your data collected in the first place. It's about it being sold. There's nothing to stop them from collecting your data. And for Google and Facebook, I think that's where they make all their money. Right. So why doesn't that count? Because basically they sell ads and those are based off of the data they've collected about you. The effectiveness of them is based off of companies being able to target certain demographics of people. Okay, so what Facebook does is instead of selling my data, it sells its ability to target me. Right. And that is the loophole. Facebook and Google, I believe, both say, we don't sell your data. So they make money off of your data without actually having to necessarily exchange it. You're a data privacy reporter. In your professional opinion, is there anything missing from this law? The fact that the onus is on the consumer to opt out, right? Like you don't have to opt in. And again, you have to just go to each individual business and say, I want my data. I want you to delete it. I don't want you to sell it. Right. So this doesn't stop companies from gathering the data in the first place. Yeah. The fact that I think the thing that people most associate with, the thing they don't like about what uh, a lot of these companies do, they're still allowed to do it. They can still collect. This law does not stop that. And who does this actually impact? Is this just people in California? I, I don't live in California. Do I get to take advantage of this too? So I think all of us will benefit from some added transparency. I've seen all the privacy policies have been updated. There's there's stuff they have to disclose now that maybe they didn't have to and didn't before. And also some um, businesses have said they're going to extend the same rights to Californians to just everybody. Not everyone's doing that, but some places are. One of the companies that decided to extend these rights to everyone in the U.S. is Let Go. 
I spoke with David Laurier, the general counsel at LetGo. Yeah, LetGo is a marketplace uh, where users can buy and sell anything from their, you know, electric guitar that they don't use anymore to a pair of skis that they've outgrown or a car, just about anything. So, uh, full disclosure, I am a user of LetGo. I've used the app a number of times in the past to sell things like tablets and, and backpacks. And uh, I contacted you because I noticed last week when I opened up the app that there's a new privacy pop-up. And when I clicked on it, it read the following. And, and bear with me here because I'm going to read the whole thing. We respect your privacy and have never sold our users' personal information. Recent laws such as the CCPA provide California state residents various rights over their personal information and define terms like sale, that's in between quotes, much more broadly than the common interpretation of the term. For example, sharing user IP addresses with advertising platforms in order to show relevant advertising is now considered a sale. And then there's an option that lets you say, hey, let go, don't sell my personal information. Um, And that's how it was presented to me in the app. And it seems from reading that, that while you're trying to comply with the law and are in fact complying with the law, you're also a little bit salty about it. It seems like (laughs) let go is a little bit upset about having to do this, especially when it comes to the definition of the word sale. And I'm wondering, can you tell me why, (laughs) why you wrote it that way? Why, why do you seem so upset? Yeah, that's funny that it sounds like that. That that wasn't our intention at all. You know, we support the CCPA and the goals behind it because we're very in favor of user privacy. But it was a little bit tricky because there were very few people that knew uh, how the CCPA was going to be interpreted or or what you actually needed to do to comply. There were people on both sides of the spectrum, people uh, acting as though it was business as usual and nothing was going to change. And mm-hmm. there's people acting as though this was a, a real development in privacy in the United States. Mm. And so um, what we had to do was kind of roll up our sleeves and do it ourselves. And so one of the features of the law is that you have to provide a, a button or a link uh, for, for people that, that says, do not sell my personal information. But that's, you know, that's tricky because if you provide a link that says, do not sell my personal information, it implies that we're selling your personal information. Right. And to me, that sounds like, uh, you know, we're rolling up to some data broker with a truckload of servers and we, you know, hand over the keys in exchange for a suitcase of cash. And that's not what we do at all. So what exactly do you do when it comes to users' personal information? We have um, some relationships with advertising networks where we share things that before the CCPA, we really wouldn't have considered to be personal information at all. But for example... You know, if you're in a certain zip code, you might receive a, a certain ad, whereas if, you know, you're in di- a different zip code, you would receive a different ad. But under the meaning of the CCPA, that is, as we interpret it, a sale of personal information. So I think it's important to give consumers meaningful control over their information and, and meaningful information about what's happening at the at the time you're making those decisions. And I think that that if anything, that's kind of what's missing um, from a consumer protection provision is that, honestly, who reads privacy policies? I mean, I do because I'm a lawyer and, and we know that lots of <laughs> lawyers read them. But uh, as a consumer, you're, you're, you're on an app on a subway uh, you know, platform and you're, you're scrolling through something and you're not going to click over to the privacy policy and scroll down five pages to get to the disclosure you're looking for. It would be, it would be nice if... 
if those were, if that information was, was given to you at the time you're making the decision. And that's what right. we tried to do with the button, uh, even though the, the language came out a little salty. Uh, but, uh, you know. I mean, it was an entertaining read for me. Um, one other thing that I was curious about is I got this banner at the top of the app, but I don't live in California. So I'm wondering, why did you decide to give users outside of California the option to ask let go not to sell their personal data. Would that have been more work to just focus specifically on on users in California? Probably. We, we, we never even really thought about it. I mean, you just think about it for one second and you just think like, oh, okay, we're going to offer these benefits or the, the, these rights to people in California, but not to New York. I mean, it just didn't, uh, it didn't even entertain it for, for half a second. Mm. There's been talk about a federal privacy law for some time, and, and we think that it's inevitable. People might be putting their head in the sand and just kind of hoping that the issue goes away, but it's, it's not going to go away. Real talk here. Is this going to meaningfully impact your revenue? I don't think it'll meaningfully impact our re- revenue. I think we still have to see what kind of an impact it has. But the, the companies that struggle with the CCPA are going to be those whose business models are kind of at odds with the fundamental idea of consumer privacy. So, in fact, some companies out there are, the ta- are taking the very aggressive position that that they don't sell consumer information, even though under our interpretation of the law, they, they clearly do. Are you talking about Facebook and Google? <laughs> <laughs> I would never ever mention anybody by name. But. <laughs> Coming up after the break, my conversation with the guy who's leading the charge on digital privacy in California, and how a discussion with a Google engineer at a party started this whole thing in the first place. We're at the forefront of a movement here that is going to be going on probably as long as there is now human society. This is Reset. With the Capital One Venture Card, you earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. And you can use those miles toward travel expenses, like flights, hotels, rental cars, and more. Just book and pay for your travel using your Venture Card and redeem your miles toward the cost. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Credit approval required. Capital One Bank, USA, N.A. Alistair McTaggart is the chairman and founder of Californians for Consumer Privacy, the organization behind the state's new privacy law. But before he founded that organization, Alistair McTaggart was a real estate developer in San Francisco. Then, a few years ago, he went to a party and met a Google engineer. And I remember I asked him something about privacy and expected him to say it was no big deal. And then he said, it's actually a huge deal and you would be really stunned if you knew how much we knew about you. And that's how I started off, really, just as a result of a happenstance conversation. Can you tell me a little bit about what that Google engineer told you exactly? Why, why would that spur you to suddenly uh, want to pass a new law? What really kind of stood out for me was the difference in what he said versus what I expected him to say. And I rem- remember distinctly thinking, isn't it odd that I can go to most government entities and find out what they know about me with the freedom of information laws that are on most books? And yet I have no rights to go to any of these big companies and find out what they know about me. After that conversation, Alistair did some research. 
And he started thinking about a law that could give Californians the ability to find out what companies know about them. I spent two years researching it, and I, and I kept on thinking I was going to come across the reason I couldn't do it. So I kept on thinking, well, I'll turn over this rock and it'll make, this is why I can't do it. And I never found that. So eventually I, you know, I hired a lawyer, I hired a small staff, talked to tons of uh, uh, privacy professionals, you know, public policy people, regulators, people in industry, drafted the, the CCPA uh, in the fall of 2017. And then I submitted it to the attorney general in the process of an initiative in California is you then have a certain amount of time to go get signatures. And, you know, we needed a lot. So you hire a signature gathering firm. So I, and that's expensive. So I paid for the signature gatherer um, and we ended up getting 600. Wait, you paid for that yourself? I did. Yeah. And so then we ended up getting 629,000 signatures, which qualified for the ballot. And we would have been on the ballot in 2018. Um, And then the legislature got involved and uh, said, hey, you know, if we do a law that does what you want, would you take your ballot measure off the ballot? And there's a provision now in the initiative process where you have this window where you can do that. And initially I thought there's just no way this is going to happen because there's no way the legislature will do what I'm asking because it's pretty radical what I'm asking to give these big companies have to Mm. finally have some accountability with respect to your personal information. And then, you know, we ended up doing a deal. It was, uh, it's, I think it was a great deal. And, and mostly it ensured that the law would be there. So that's what happened in June of 2018. Okay. You've been working on this now for more than a bunch of years, right? How long have you been working on this? Four years. It, it, honestly, it, it, Ariel, it was one of those things. Initially, I thought, you know, it's going to take a little while. I'll, I'll do this part time. But it, it, yeah, it's been, it's been four long years. Okay. So four long years. The law is, is on the books. It's in effect what has that been like for you? How do you feel? You know, I still kind of pinch myself a little bit at just the improbability of it. And the notion power to the people still has validity. You know, this idea that a person can have an idea and then that there are means that society gives that individual to act that are may not in the interests of the financial interests of some of the richest, the most powerful companies on the planet. Not only is that on, I think an only in America story. That's an only in California story. Do you think that other states, now that this has been passed, will follow suit and, and maybe even on the federal level? I think other states will follow California. We have the resources that other small little states don't have. And I think that rather than kind of reinvent the wheel, a lot of states are just going to say, whatever California does, we're going to do. And by the way, the other thing is, look at Microsoft. Microsoft has already announced that they're going to extend CCPA rights to the entire country. That, I think, is going to be a trend that's going to be hard for businesses not to do. Because if you're a consumer-facing company, how do you explain to your customer in Texas or Kansas or New York that you're not going to offer them the same protections that your friend or your brother-in-law in California has? Right. Doesn't, that doesn't work. So you feel like you started something. Yes, I, I think I, I, was, I was there at the start of this thing. And uh, it's, been, it's been a pretty crazy journey. Okay, so have you been taking a look at how various apps and websites have been dealing with this? What do you think of how uh, companies are sort of uh, adapting to this new law so far? Well, there's a lot of chit-chat out there about company X doing something or company Y saying they're not selling data or, Mm -hmm. you know, is this privacy policy exact? What my point kind of has been to people is, look, so the attorney general regulations are not even finalized yet. And also, I'm a huge believer that this is 
walk before you run. We're at the forefront of a movement here that is gonna be going on for the next hundred, actually probably as long as there is now human society. What basically happened is we had a whole new technology that didn't exist before Steve Jobs invented the smartphone. Mm -hmm. And then he invented the phone, and now all of us carry around these monitors all the time that give companies this insight into us that never existed before. And so because of that, there is now this new human right that needs to be protected of privacy because it didn't mean anything before because there was no, it was impossible for companies to kind of really track you in any meaningful way. Now they can track you. What really this is, is this is just the start of regulation. So no, I haven't been super focused on whether one company or another company or how they're complying because what I think is the law is what the law is and companies have to comply with it. I know that you're sort of resisting the idea of going through how various apps or websites are, are doing this, but I um, I did take a look at a few apps that I use, and uh, this app that's called Let Go, you can use it to sell things, your, your personal belongings. And what I found particularly interesting about the way that Let Go did it is that they also explain, one, why this is happening, and I'm quoting them here. Sale is defined much more broadly than the common interpretation of the term. So they're a little salty there. And, and I'm wondering, what's your reaction to my description of how LetGo is doing this? The conversations I've had with companies saying, well, we don't sell your data. We just tell our advertisers what your number is. But it doesn't say Ariel or Alistair on it. Right. And my point is, guys, when you're on one platform on your phone, and then you're on your computer on a completely different website hours later, and the same thing you're looking at comes up. People find that creepy. And by the way, people feel like their information was sold. So don't tell me that that's not a sale. That's a sale. My, well, my activity on point A was transferred and now is known in point B. And it all went into a dossier. Hundreds of companies I actually never wanted to do business with now know that I'm maybe uh, a you know, maybe I have cancer. Maybe I'm uh, worried about being overweight. Maybe I've got a bad marriage. All these things. And so you say, oh, it's just a number. Well, look, if everybody calls you one, two, three, and we know you're one, two, three, what kind of privacy do you have? So, so this whole sell thing, I think the people who are salty about it are the people who are selling your information and don't want to be caught out. Um, and, and so I think that, again, we're at early, early, early stages here. But over time, privacy is going to be something that companies compete on. So there's one thing that I really want to ask you, which is this whole thing, the CCPA law started because of your interaction with a Google engineer. And from what I understand, this law actually is now something that Google and Facebook appear to be able to evade because they say technically that they don't sell people's personal information, right? That they use it for advertising instead. And, and they can do that. They can still profit from that personal information through advertising. How do you feel about these companies, Google and Facebook, essentially being able to evade the regulation that you put in place? So what I would say to that is, I don't think it's, if a company is not selling your information, then they're not, in my mind, evading the law. The law was set up to say, I should be able to interact with a company that I choose to interact with. So two things about the Googles and Facebooks of the world. One, many people may not know that pretty much any website you visit anywhere is sending back information to Google, to Facebook, to Twitter, to name three big companies. Those companies, in many respects, are data aggregators, watching what all of us do, what page we're on, how long we're on those pages, what we click on. That's how they amass this trove of data about us. That's how they become the dominant platforms, because they know so much more about us than other companies. 
That source of information is going to dry up to the extent that you go to those other sites whenever you're browsing and say, don't use my information, then you will be able to dry up the flow of information into those giant aggregators. That's going to have a material impact on uh, your privacy and on their ability to know everything about you. Do you think folks in uh, Silicon Valley and in the tech world uh, like you? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I have some friends in tech, but I don't, I don't know any of the giant names. I don't know. I think that the more, for, the more insightful ones or, or far-thinking ones realize that regulation is coming uh, one way or the other. I'd like to think that they think that this is a reasonable approach, but I don't know. We'll see. Alistair McTaggart is the chairman and founder of Californians for Consumer Privacy. The CCPA, the law that he worked on, is now in effect, and authorities in California will start enforcing it in July. If you want to know more about how folks in California, as well as outside of the state, can take advantage of this new law, check out our show notes. We left some links in there for you. This is Reset, and I'm Ariel Zemros. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at ADRS. You can also reach the Reset team by emailing reset at vox.com. We publish episodes three times a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It seriously really helps us. We'll be back on Thursday. Later, nerds. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 